Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. We're on Season 5, Episode 3, Robin 101. With me, as always, the lovely Jen. Hello, everybody. We have a lot of stuff tonight. We have... We do. Packed episode. A few write-ins for Mailbag. Yay! We are going to talk a little bit about Neil Patrick Harris in the new Matrix film. Yeah, so what we didn't talk about is how we're going to do that without giving Matrix spoilers, or are we saying it's been out long enough? No, it hasn't been out long okay. enough, and we're not going to give any major spoilers. Okay. We'll try and talk around Okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I always hate when that happens, when I'm listening to something unrelated and then get spoiled on something that has nothing to do with what I'm listening to. I hear you. We'll try and avoid that. And I don't think that's going to be enough. I, I think that's going to take us into a long podcast. I want to apologize a little bit. Last week's podcast was a little over an hour, even after I edited <laughs> it down. And for the first time, we used clips, but the clips don't sound that great when oh, they come really? through. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're cutting in audio clips. We're just recording off of my computer. But I think this time, at least, I'm going to point our microphone towards the computer. And that might have been part of the problem. It's worth a try. Going to improve it a little bit. One day, maybe we'll learn how to actually move audio clips off of a show. But for now, you know, if, if it's just too horrible, people write in. But we'll keep doing it. Yeah, if it's not enhancing anything, let us know. We can take it back out. Or actually, Google how to do it correctly, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, one of our write ins actually mentions how we did a good job taking creative criticism, so we'll get to that. Oh, excellent. Actually, maybe we'll start there. <laughs> okay. All right, this first write-in, Jonathan, he's written to us before. And Hello again, Jonathan. His contribution is right up my alley. Okay. He's pouring my cup of tea. Okay. Jonathan writes, Hey, guys, I'm not, not Swirly or Danielle. But I have wrote to you once before talking about how you guys get very PC and at time kill the show with saying, that didn't age well. That's, oh, was that the reviewer? Yeah, that's, that's my imitation of how he is imitating us when he says that. So your imitation of him he, he imitating thinks, us? Yes, that didn't say, age well. That's him <laughs> making fun of us. Yeah, I guess he did. Did he just write We did get a review, a review that okay. said something like that, so... Okay, we did look it up, and yes, he, Jonathan, you did write us about a year ago. You did mention about us getting very PC. There was also that review that came out on our podcast, on Apple, Apple podcast, podcast, that also said that we say we won't talk about politics, but then <laughs> are one-sided <laughs> in what we do address. So, but yes, Jonathan, so, I, I so do. So Jonathan's I, clarifying he's not that reviewer, but, but he, he did also write, write to us, and like yeah, he wrote us along. Email, we just found it, and it, you know, it was very complimentary. Uh, and that was his only critique, is that we were getting a little too PC about this episode. But Well, thanks for sticking in with us for yeah. a whole other year, Jonathan. We appreciate you. He goes on, I wanted to let you know you guys have really become much better at this. I even noticed this past episode you said, that would not be in the show today while talking about Lesbian Robin, which for some reason is so much better. <laughs> Congratulations on taking constructive criticism. I mean, we are not professional podcasters, so we are definitely open to hearing what people think about what we do. People criticize me all the time. I'm just used to it. <laughs> thick skin. Thick skin. And we also get that we're probably not for everybody, but if you're willing to stick it out with us, we're you know, willing to hear what you have to say. Our family doesn't even listen to this. <laughs> quick, Some of them might. Quick funny story. I'm a plumber. So I'm always listening to podcasts either while driving or at people's house. Quick quick cut here. So now we have a plumber correspondent. Do we need a plumber correspondent? We might. I think we need an everything correspondent. And if there's any questions about plumbing, I mean, we have we've been having a lot of plumbing issues here. So, <laughs> I mean, our shower breaks like every couple of months. Well, this gets better. Listen. Okay. I was listening to you guys the other day in someone's basement and didn't realize our customer was working from home in the next room. The customer came out and asked if I'm listening to your podcast. What? We literally talk about you guys for 30 minutes. True story. But what are the odds figured you guys would find that funny? Wow. Oh, but what are the odds figured you guys would find yeah. that funny? Um, yeah, that is, that is amazing. Wow. 
So, Jonathan, you'll have to let us know where what area you live in so we know where to go first when we're doing a live <laughs> broadcast and we know we can find an audience. Wow, like, I feel very special. Like, I've definitely had conversations with people about podcasts that I love, and so, like, it's fun to know that somebody's, like, talking about our podcast. Like, yeah, it's awesome. I, I would think that the average distance between our listeners is, like, 100 <laughs> miles minimum. So to put two so close together is great. He goes on. And just to answer some of your couple battles. Oh, yay. It's aunt, not aunt. Oh, interesting. My wife's from Colorado and drives me nuts when she says aunt. (laughs) So that's one point for Jonathan. Team Steve. No, I'm giving it right to Jonathan. (laughs) Yes, people do start listening to new episodes instead of starting on your first episode. Oh, man. I'm just getting trashed in them. That's how you guys hooked me. My first episode was Third Wheel back in season three. Okay, well, all right, so that was my question. I was positing it to the universe, and now we have an answer, so. Uh, yeah, that's what you're doing. <laughs> I was doubtful, but now I am taking the criticism that I was wrong. And people do jump in in the middle, so that is good to know. Most men are really bad spellers. Exhibit A, my email. I really look forward to you podcasting each week. I constantly refresh my app to make sure I didn't miss a week. Please stop taking time off in between episodes. (laughs) Emphasis mine. I need a fix of Jen and Steve each week. At least I can spell Jen right. Yay! Thank you, Jonathan. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for writing in. This was a very enjoyable email. Yeah. Great stuff, Jonathan. Keep it coming, please. Yes, and sorry. We've been bad about being consistent with our recording. It's just between holidays and my new job. and No excuses, it, but I will say going forward... We're going to try to be better. We've lightened our load so that it'll we're going to be home more evenings during the week, which is when we have time to podcast. Right. Okay. We have two more in the mailbag. All right. Jen um, will read these two. First one is from Marquetta. Hi, Steve and Jen. I have to travel for my job, and I just found your Himium podcast. I just finished with the Season 2, Episode 1 recap, and I was dying laughing at Steve having such a problem with the strippers being clothed. (laughs) Jen, you killed me asking if that's the hill he wanted to die on. I'm enjoying the episodes very much. Looking forward to catching up in real time. Marquetta. Thank you so much for writing in. And yes, I do still wonder. Like, Steve really does get (laughs) bent out of shape about things that are shown on network television. Yeah, although we barely ever watch network television anymore, so... Well, yes, now it's not really as... Probably as censored as it was and not as prevalent as it was either, but yeah, (laughs) we're talking about a show from 15 years ago. No, the strippers will not be topless. Do we really have to go back (laughs) to this again? (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in, Marquetta. Thanks, Marquetta. All right. Lovely name, by the way. Yes, definitely. And our last email is from Krista... Krista says, hi guys, I'm back, and welcome back, Krista. Nice to hear from you again, too. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. Between the craziness of the holidays and the devastating tornado that hit the western part of my state of Kentucky, it's been busy. Luckily, I did not take a direct hit, but there was a lot to do to help out our fellow Kentuckians. For two weeks, we collected and delivered much-needed supplies and Christmas presents to those affected. That is awesome. Great job. Yeah, that that was crazy, seeing all that tornado stuff. I'm glad that you're you're okay and you were able to help out people that weren't so lucky. So I'm jumping right into season five, episode two. And so she is talking about last, last week's, week's episode. Double date. Yes. So this episode was just okay to me. I didn't love the main storyline of Ted's blind date, but I loved the first mention and appearance of the doppelgangers. My favorite bit was in the closing scene where Lily traded places with stripper Lily and was trying to dance on the pole, and Marshall having to kill Lily off to fantasize about other women. I'm going to guess you ranked this in the 80s. I really should have listed to what you've already ranked. Talk to you soon, Chris. All right, nice to hear from you again. And she was pretty close. It was in the 90s. Oh, okay. And you guessed in the the 60s, so she beat you out that time. Yeah. You're going to have a new host soon. Well, this has been a fun little mailbag segment. I really enjoyed that. We got really good emails this week. I don't know if we've ever had three. We haven't, and we didn't even hear from Danielle. Danielle, I hope you're okay. So, yeah, if you are a listener and you have some feedback or if you want to take a side in one of our arguments, please feel free to write in. This was really fun. Agreed. Talk about The Matrix. Last Friday night. Was it Friday or was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Doesn't matter, really. Yeah, it was Saturday. <laughs> right after I say it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. We watched the, the Matrix. And 
it was okay. It was unnecessary, in my opinion. Yes. But it was a f- couple hours of entertainment. It was... And it was, inter- you know, it was an interesting premise. I will be completely honest that I was exhausted and I kept falling asleep during the last ten minutes. Okay. So <laughs> that is not a critique of the movie. It's just um, I don't know that I had a full sense of actually how it ended and I probably need to go back and watch that again. I liked what the premise was of... And I won't give it away. Right. But the way they put the main characters back into the Matrix is well explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and NPH was... Well, the, the, the how is well explained. The why is not really well explained, I, don't, I didn't think. So why they put them back in the Matrix, uh, how they did it and how they... Oh, I, okay. How they landed in the Matrix and who they are now was well explained, but why did they put them back in the Matrix? I, I was a little confused by that. Oh, see, I think I I understood that part. If you've seen the previews, you will know that Neil Patrick Harris is a psychologist that is treating Neo, or Thomas Anderson, as he's mostly going by now in most of this version of the movie. Yeah, and he was really good, and I found him very soothing. Like, I I would go to him for therapy. (laughs) His role is much bigger than that, though, and we won't get into too much detail. See, and I feel like that's a spoiler. But if you're a Neil Patrick Harris fan, this were a, a... how I Met Your Mother podcast. We're talking about Neil Patrick Harris, and you and I even pondered last week. What was right. he just in like a, a couple scenes? Right. Was that's it just what like it a seems like flash? But no, he's got a major role in the movie. He's in almost all of it, not all of it, but no. throughout it. And but yeah, I don't know if that's a spoiler. Like I, I would say that he has one of the top five roles in the movie. Would that is that fair? Five, six. Yeah, I'd say five or six. In the end, I would say, I, I don't think it's worth seeing going to the movie theater to see it. You can watch it at home. I think the effects would be nice in a the theater, but I don't think the movie's good enough to spend the money. Well, it's on, the on HBO Max right now. I don't know how long. Like, HBO's been kind of doing stuff where it'll show stuff that's in theaters, but for a really short amount of time. Oh, is that how they're doing it? Yeah, they did that, I think, with, like, In the Heights and something else recently. So, I know not everybody has HBO Max. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I don't know that... I mean, it could, might have been cool to see in the theater just because, you know, the big screen stuff. But story-wise, I don't know if it would have been worth it. I feel like they didn't address a major part at the very end of the second Matrix, which was the the other world outside the Matrix, that they've escaped the Matrix and then they're in the real world. That turns out to be a Matrix 2 also because Neo can use his powers in that world to stop some of those machines. And that's the very end of the second movie. And they don't really address that at all anymore. So I, I just wonder if <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't know how to how to. We. I think I might need to rewatch the second movie to make sure I understood that correctly. Yeah. But that and that I was a strange admission. Saw the second movie. I don't know. <laughs> I think I did, but that doesn't sound familiar to me. So now I'm not sure. They also do an interesting thing where what's now going on with that world. You know, there's there's sort of a piece outside of the Matrix that's going on, and the way they explain that's interesting too. I think it sort of is commentary on the real world as well of you know how we keep peace and such. You have to explain that to me because I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on the podcast, but just later. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. But the whole Jada Pinkett Smith scene and how she's her position in what was. Zion, and now it's called something else. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, was it Ion now or something? Io. Io, something like that. Io. Yeah. And her explanation of what their relationship with the Matrix is now is much different. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I said, I was really tired when we watched that, so I, I think a lot of it probably escaped me. Well, Siskel and Ebert were not, but I would <laughs> say that, you know, out of four stars, I'd give it two and say that if you're a fan of the Matrix, be prepared to be upset that it's not what you wanted out of a new Matrix movie, but you'll enjoy the elements that you enjoyed out of the first three Matrixes. Yeah, it was it was worth watching. Yeah, like you said before, well, it wasn't necessary. Nah. Jim, would you say that either it's not your favorite or <laughs> it wasn't the worst? <laughs> I would say both. Okay, the, everything fits. Into that little <laughs> Those world are the categories. of Jen. Somewhere in between. It wasn't my favorite, and it's not the worst. Hey, I have favorites. 
We just don't tend to talk about them on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into Robin 101. 17-minute intro. I hope you're also listening. (laughs) Well, that'll probably be cut back to about 15 minutes. (laughs) Much like the beginning of this episode, where, I don't know if you noticed, like, it took seven minutes to get to the opening credits of this. Oh, yeah. It was a really really long time. This episode, I I do like the Robin 101 stuff. Mm -hmm. It was, I'd say, season one level main story. But the secondary story, which is basically Marshall in the barrel, really, (laughs) it was funny for a quick couple laughs. Right. It got old quick. It it wasn't worthy of a whole, as a B-plot, it was barely anything. I don't. I mean, I don't think they spent too much time on it. Like, I, I think it, it got a, the appropriate amount of time. It wasn't overdone. It was I, silly, and it didn't. <laughs> it just didn't boost up the the episode enough to make up for the fact that the a plot wasn't one of the better episodes or plots that we go through. But it, I laughed. It was good. I mean, the premise of this episode alone is genius. I don't agree. I don't think it's genius. I thought it was clever. It was fun. But well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that. I think it's I think it's funny. You and I didn't and land I, exactly in the same place, but we'll go through the beats. Right. No, and I yeah, you know, I laughed out loud at multiple parts of the episode. Like I enjoyed it. I had a good time. We start off with Ted pointing out that Barney's been called a lot of things and then goes through a few of them. But one thing he's never been called, and Robin jumps in here, we cut to a scene in I think Lily's apartment or no, it's Robin's Robin apartment. And Ted's apartment. Okay, where she says boyfriend. Barney Sims is my boyfriend. I've said it like a hundred times, and it still sounds weird to say. And I know you love this from Ted, so go ahead. <laughs> well, anything sounds weird if you say it a hundred times. Bull, bull, bull. I think this is funny because yeah, he throughout the rest of the scene, he's <laughs> so still Lily saying bull. Yeah, Lily and Robin are having an actual conversation, and there's just Ted in the background saying bull, sometimes in like different weird voices. And I don't know if... I guess this is just a throwaway line that you and I will say every now and again because Tyler's picked up on it. Yeah, Tyler read something or saw a video or something where somebody says, I said the word so many times it's lost all its meaning. And he uses that a lot. And you and I I just start going bowl. Oh, I thought he got it from us us saying it about something else. No, no. He got it from some content that he's been watching or reading. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And then we just use the opportunity to throw in a How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's very funny how he's just not part of this conversation at all, just saying bowl a million times. I like this part. Robin says that. Sorry, before you get back into the story, there's a in the trivia, I saw something that said, like, this is actually like the phenomenon of like saying or reading a word or a phrase so many times that it kind of loses its meaning is actually has um, it's a concept. So Tyler's a genius who likes to quote high-minded philosophy <laughs> yes. to us. I, mean, didn't even I think it's a psychological it. concept. It's called semantic satiation. So it's when re- repetition causes Ooh. a word or a phrase to temporarily lose meaning for the listener. That really flows. Semantic satiation. I know. That's why I wrote it down. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Semantic satiation. Maybe that can be your mantra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead with the story. I just thought that was a little fun fact. I like the scene of Barney kind of sleep leaving <laughs> Robin in the middle of the night and her saying, Barney, lay down. We're in a relationship. Right. That's happened three times. <laughs> she she notices it because when she leans over to talk to him, what was supposed to be his head is a basketball <laughs> and the body is pillows. What is Robin doing with a basketball in her apartment? I, that's a good question. We come back from the flashback. She said it's happened three times. And there's other things. We get a flashback of her kind of crying on the couch and Barney comes in and she's you know kind of just unloading. It was a really bad day at work. Her aunt is in the hospital. <laughs> um, you know, she's feeling overwhelmed and Barney appears to be, you know, encouraging. What you need to do is talk it through. And once you're off the phone with Lily, I'll be down in the bar ready to have sex. And Go then he like says, okay, really weird. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. This is definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's the aunt with all the dogs. 
Oh, well, I hope not. Who's going to take care of the dogs? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah you this did is a little bit. <laughs> you did this the other day, like, came out all frustrated. And you were literally like, what now? <laughs> it was really early in the morning. It's like, how could somebody, how could something already be bothering you? It was we literally. We just like, got dressed. It was like a 9.05 Monday after a holiday, and I was already like, oh, why? Yeah, Jen doesn't bottle up her frustrations. <laughs> But Robin? a little effort would be nice, to <laughs> quote Robin. Which is what she says about Barney. And Lily starts talking about how maybe the problem is she's had some pretty incredible boyfriends, and they look at <laughs> Ted, and he's still going bowl. bowl but he's like doing it. This bowl. is where he's like doing weird voices. And so I really like Robin's response here. No, that's not it. <laughs> and then she says maybe this whole thing's a big mistake, and I like Ted's bowl. <laughs> right. Like that's his full-on language now. <laughs> Right, so we cut to... It's like Groot. Right. <laughs> so we cut to Barney and Ted at McLaren's, and Ted's relaying this to Barney. And Ted kind of lets him know, like, you're going to lose her if you don't try a little bit. At first, Barney acts macho and sort of wants to avoid the masculinity shaming of himself and says he's walking away. And we get the narrator cutting in that over the next few weeks, Barney was thoughtful and considerate. We get, like, flashes of him bringing Robin breakfast in bed and sending her flowers, which Robin takes to mean that he is cheating on her. And she's relaying this to Lily. Why else would he do this if he wasn't cheating on me? (laughs) Lily starts off, come on, Barney's not the type of guy who's, go on. (laughs) Right. And, you know, Robin has a pretty good case. You know, he says he's working late, but she calls the office and they say he's been gone for hours. So this morning, Barney left his briefcase behind, and Robin would wants her and Lily to take Ted's sledgehammer. Which why does Ted have a sledgehammer? Well, at first she says, Ted probably has a sledgehammer here somewhere. <laughs> and immediately you're thinking, there's no way Ted has a sledgehammer. <laughs> and then, yeah. Ted probably doesn't even have any tools, much less a sledgehammer. Right. And Lily if there tries was, to... wouldn't it be in the storage unit where Marshall soon comes from? Ideally. So we, we've got to, so we really just got to suspend disbelief here and... <laughs> just assume there's a sledgehammer in this apartment for no reason. Exactly. I mean, maybe it's to ward off home invaders. They do live in New York City. But yes, it, it is very convenient that <laughs> Robin shows up with a sledgehammer in a few minutes. But Lily tries to talk her out of this. Um, <laughs> and we get another glimpse into Lily's bisexuality, who... When she tells Robin that she is many things, a friend, confidant, and occasional guest star in some confusing dreams that remind me that a woman's sexuality is a moving target. But she is not a crazy stalker, a crazy, jealous stalker bitch. We don't get a response or reaction. <laughs> acknowledgement. Out of, yeah, no, no reaction out of Robin on that comment. <laughs> and Marshall enters. He's pretty excited. He's been down in the storage area where they still have stuff, I guess. Robin didn't even realize there was a storage area. And he's bringing in a barrel, a real large, you know, Donkey Kong-sized yeah, barrel. Yeah, this thing is huge. And are we to presume he, like, rolled it up the steps? Like, what floor do they live on? Is it the, haven't we talked about, like, is it a second or a... Th- they've said, like, third-story window before, right? Like, when they were talking about, like... Third story, yeah. Yeah. Three so. stories. <laughs> and if he was in the basement, so... Marshall's really dedicated to He looked to tired. <laughs> But yeah, it's a yeah, giant based on what he ends up doing with it, you wouldn't think he'd bring it all the way up. He'd just <laughs> right. put it out on the curb. <laughs> but yeah, it is pretty funny. So yes, this giant barrel comes Robin's not even confused. into the apartment, I guess, just out into the hallway of the apartment. Um, Robin's, Lil- Robin's confused. <laughs> Lily explains that Marshall got into college. He used it as a nightstand for years. So Marshall used it as a nightstand until they found out that Lily was allergic to barrel resin, which Robin questions, and Lily just asks her to go with it. Yeah. They, Robin wants to know if he needs help throwing it out. and Mabel's okay. like family, yeah. so it's named The barrel Mabel. has a name. <laughs> what he's going to do is he's going to put it on the Bermuda Triangle, and apparently there's a spot out in front of their apartment, and whenever they leave something out there, it's taken. We get a flashback of him and Ted. What do they leave out there, a chair or Like a, a busted-up couch. And before they got to the top of the steps, they turned back around, and it was already gone, and they couldn't even see... Somebody up or down the street carrying it. Right. It's that mysterious and magical. And so we skipped over this, and I'm only going to bring it up again because you walked in as I was oh, watching right, right, this. Right. And I'm confused by this joke. So, so you know, Marshall asks, do you know anyone that would want it? Robin says, do I know any rodeo clowns? 
that's weird, I do, but even Lenny wouldn't go near that mess. I'm confused. I don't know what this is supposed to mean. So at professional rodeos, you know, where people are roping horses and cows and what have you, Mm -hmm. there's often a point at which someone's riding a bull. Okay. And when they get knocked off the bull, rodeo clowns go out and try and attract the bull away from the rider that's just got knocked off so he wouldn't get trampled or or horned. You know, Makes uh, sense. And often there's a lot of barrels around so that if the clown needs to get protection, they can jump into uh, a barrel. They can jump into a barrel? Yeah. Or hide behind it, but it's... I mean, can't the... I think I've seen them jump into them. Can't the bull just spear the barrel? Uh, well, you know, barrel resin is a tough <laughs> barrier to get through, I think. I mean, I, I trust what they're doing, but the system seems... Confusing. So to me. this is my least favorite joke. It it doesn't work very well, <laughs> okay. but I I did understand it. <laughs> okay. And Marshall comes back up from leaving the barrel down there. Or this is before he goes and leaves it down, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So Marshall's he's, he's talking about the barrel. He says, "This is so exciting. Right now, there's some there's someone out there who has no idea. They're just gonna go home with just the best barrel." And the way he says it, just the best barrel. Very very Marshall esque. <laughs> Robin chimes in that she hopes they're not allergic to barrel resin like Lily. <laughs> and this is my favorite joke. It made me laugh. Like, I, I, it's just such a throwaway line, but it made me laugh. And then I backed it up to write down something about the way Marshall said, just the best barrel. And then I watched it again, and it made me laugh again. So I was like, all right, that, that's it. That's my we, favorite We use joke. this one a lot. <laughs> yeah. So Lily's cool. response, be cool, baby, damn. Just the best barrel. So yes, on a third rewatch, it still made me giggle. So <laughs> I feel like we it would be nice to get like capture these clips. I've seen other podcasts do this. I just don't know how, but then to replay them at random times. Just be cool, baby. Damn. Oh. <laughs> and thank you, and, and all the other ones we love. And then we're just becoming morning zoo. <laughs> True, but nevertheless. <laughs> so Lily asks Robin if they can go. Robin agrees, and then just not only finds the sledgehammer, grabs the sledgehammer, wields it with such precision right on top of the briefcase in the, one swift movement. The briefcase just, just perfectly pops open. <laughs> that is how you break into a briefcase after all. I had to watch that again because I was like, Wait, what just happened here? They find some a college notebook in there, which makes her think he's cheating on her with a college girl. Which upsets her. She but, knew that the girl was a skank, but thought she'd be dumb. And she starts reading the pad. It says, July 23rd, favorite hockey team, the Vancouver Canucks. Age 29, but tells people that she's 26. And she goes, oh my god, these are notes about me, or some 29-year-old version of me. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. Yeah, I like that too. Marshall comes running back up. He's ready to see who's going to grab Mabel. He watches somebody come by and walk right by it, and he's fairly disappointed. Um, And then he turns to the two of them. Oh, what are you guys doing with Barney's secret Robin notebook? And then he tries to make up for that by (laughs) or distract them by asking if they both lost some weight. And I wonder if that's got to be a reference to them both having a baby and losing the baby weight. Yeah, from season to season. They ask him what he knows, and it... He explains that Barney's taking a night school class taught by, well, and this is the narrator yeah. saying taught by Ted. Right. Saying, so this is where we get the intro, like the... Welcome to Robin 101. Right. I mean, this is where we get, like, the theme and the credits and whatever, sure. which is really, really late. Robin questions Mar- Marshall further. We get another flashback going back to when Barney rejected Ted's help, and it turns out that actually he turned right back around. And there was a weird little thing as he walked away with the comment that... He wasn't going to have, you know, his testicles in her purse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as he turns back around to say Stinson back, the bartender hands him a drink, like, randomly. Oh, really? Like, he didn't ask for a drink. He just stuck his hand out and was handed to him. Maybe, you know, maybe the bartender knows to keep an eye on Barney. And- it was meant to be a cute little gesture. Sure. But I've never noticed it before. And it doesn't yeah, sound like I you noticed it this time. I didn't. So Barney thinks he might try and take him up on this. Ted starts giving some pointers. So his first one is don't ever cry in front of her. And whatever you do, don't cry in front of her four times. <laughs> <laughs> and then Robin 
oh, arrives right. at the bar, and so... She asks what they're talking about. They say, they in unison, fantasy, fantasy football. football. <laughs> and then look at each other like, whoa, we nailed that. <laughs> so this is when Marshall explains to Lily and Robin that they realized they couldn't talk about this at the bar, and so they decided... And they couldn't do it at the apartment, because obviously Robin lives there. They needed a safe place. Right. So they decided on Ted's classroom. And Ted... So we cut to classroom. Right. So there's a lot of cuts between the classroom and the apartment. So Ted's doing a lesson, and Barney is immediately, I think Ted gets two sentences in, and Barney's, I'm bored. And he wants to drop boobs on the chalkboard. We did that already. (laughs) Which I thought was funny. That was good. Ted mentions that this is good for him, too. It's going to help him practice being a, a professor. And Barney's just being a little kid. Can we have class outside? And he pulls out his phone, starts tweeting. I didn't even realize tweeting was a thing already at this point. Would you have thought that? What year are we in? 20... 2009? No, 2010 or 11. Wait, we're in season five. The show started in 2005. So yeah, probably 2010. I am surprised that tweeting was a thing already. Yeah, I'm a little surprised too. I feel like the same way, like, it, they mentioned it really early in Community also, which was probably around the same time as this. Like, I think that one that we had just watched was, like, season two of Community. They were talking about Twitter on there as well, which was like, oh, yeah, that was around that long ago. Ted continues to get frustrated with Barney, who says he was a bad student. They said he had AD something. Boo. <laughs> I don't like that. There's a lot of funny jokes to this, to Barney having these ADHD tendencies, but that is just such a very... Obvious one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's too obvious. It's too, too overdone. Easy. But Ted implores him, if he just gives him a few weeks of attention, he'll have a lifetime of happiness. Barney continues to be difficult. Ted <laughs> says, I've got to find a way to reach this kid, which is, they're taking a line from the movie Stand and Deliver. I was going to say, we're getting like a cliche teacher trying to reach out to a troubled student. <laughs> well, this was, I think, a specific poll from a movie called Stand and Deliver. Have you seen it? No. It stars uh, Edward James Almost, who is a Edward James Almost... Cover band? No. Uh, impersonator? Impersonator. <laughs> That's, sorry, that's from 30 Rock. No, it does star Edward James Almost. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Alan Parsons Project Project or something. <laughs> At any rate, he's a school teacher in, like, the 80s. And he gets placed in a very low-income, largely Latino school. And he's teaching them math, and he's finding new ways of getting them excited about learning math. So much so that he gets them to come in over the summer to take the next-level course. And then that way, the after that, they can be the first class to offer, I guess, calculus at this school? And just change the whole trajectory of mm. kids getting into college at that school. Okay. It's a good movie. Nice. Really good. Okay, so that's who Ted's channeling, then. In this scene, yes. We start off with class number two, Robin Scherbatsky facial expressions. And so he's got slides going to help <laughs> guide this conversation. First one we get is vacant eyes, pale, queasy expression, suggesting nausea. What does this mean? It means she's hungry. And then we get a couple good slides of... If you don't solve this, one or two things will happen. Um, one weird out of context laughter. We get a picture of Robin like laughing hysterically at a parking meter. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> two falling asleep in strange places, and then a, pic- a picture of Robin asleep on the hood of a cab. Not as good as the first one. <laughs> no, the first one was great. <laughs> but the most important expression of all was flared nostril ridges. At first, we get a cut in of. There's actually a picture of set of her of the Flatiron Building, which Ted then tries to lecture Barney about, but he <laughs> yeah, cuts, him, cuts off. him off. Yes. <laughs> so this is a good explanation of you know the wide, unblinking eyes. If you ever see this face, Barney, run and don't take a picture of it, <laughs> which is what he had done, where she will punch you and you'll cry for the third time. <laughs> that night. <laughs> and then we get a great series of, which brings me to the next thing, diffusing the bomb. Yeah, so there's a lot of quick cuts between the class and the apartment as Robin is reading through Barney's notes, and we get Ted you know, doing the lesson. So Lily's reading the notes. So three topics to distract Robin from being mad at you. So Robin says, distract me, that's condescending. Boy, these guys are really starting to piss me off. 
immediately switched the conversation to one of the following. Robin starts throwing her shoes. Unless you want Robin to start throwing her shoes. <laughs> Number one, Vancouver Canucks 2004 So this is Ted title. saying Vancouver Canucks 2004 division title. Cut to Robin responding to Lily having just read that. <laughs> right. And going on a little rant about... But that's not distracting. It's just talking about the story of a scrappy little underdog team, yada, yada, yada. So it is distracting her, and she's starting to not be mad anymore. Right. We get Ted again. Two. Proper gun cleaning and maintenance. Cut to her. You got to clean your gun. (laughs) And she goes on to a further explanation of her um, uncle blowing his thumbs off. Back to Ted in class. And then my favorite part. (laughs) Three. Emperor penguins. And then back to Robin. Let me allow Robin to explain why this is so funny. Did you know that before intercourse, the male and female emperor penguins bow to each other? Mr. Penguin. <laughs> Mrs. Penguin. Oh, God, silly penguins make them all fancy. <laughs> what are we talking about? Robin's reaction to animals doing things on video is always a good joke for this show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it actually comes safe, up later this episode. It's a safe space. And so Ted's theory pans out here. Robin is now completely distracted from what she was mad about. Robin complains that Ted's only pointing out horrible things about her, and Lily contests that. She thinks it's kind of sweet. Like Ted explaining that, instead of saying, I love you, she'll say you're an idiot. And this comes back later. She'll, she'll, she'll laugh, shake her head, give you a little smile, and say you're an idiot. Robin does point out that the page entitled Robin Trubatsky's Surprising Erogenous Owns <laughs> is, is a problem with this. And we cut to Ted and her in the bedroom. Or no, I'm sorry. It's a flashback to 2006. Yeah. It's actually Ted in the classroom saying right knee ticklish, left knee, and then we cut to the bedroom. And we have Ted behind her in the bed. And she's just in ecstasy and he's rubbing her left knee. Does Lefty like this? Makes me very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut back to Ted. Lefty like that. That makes me uncomfortable, too. It made Barney uncomfortable, too, because he can't (laughs) believe he's taking sex advice from Ted. And then Lily's moving on to the next thing. Top five things never to do around Robin. For some reason, we cut right to three. (laughs) Right. Never, ever play the Guess Who game with her, which I feel like is a pretty solid rule of thumb for all women, and especially women that live in New York. Like, don't put your hands on somebody if they're not expecting you. Four is, unless you want to see it 80 times a day for the next month, never show Robin a YouTube (laughs) clip of an animal playing a musical instrument. (laughs) At this point, Barney falls asleep. Ted yells at him. Yeah, we get a lot of back and forth between Barney and Ted, you know, kind of playing out this adversarial teacher, reluctant student thing they have going on. Barney says this class sucks. He even gives him a, can you hear this? Do you want me to turn it up? Is that reflecting something? It's you. No, I know, but is that like from something or it's just a. It might be from Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. I did see that there was like supposed to be some sort of nod to Breakfast Club, but I didn't pick up what it was. So yeah, so Barney's doing a thumbs down and then turns it to a thumbs up. Which we know is supposed to be the middle finger. Right, and we get the narrator quick cutting in that it may not have been a thumbs up. And I point that out just because it comes back around at the end. So Barney says this class sucks, he's not learning anything. Ted says, oh, you don't think you're learning anything, and then does some quick pop quizzing. I like the one whereby... Butterscotch is to Canadian women what chocolate is to American women. Um, I wonder if that's true. (laughs) I mean, butterscotch? I really like butterscotches. I am neutral. Are Werther's original butterscotch? What? Are Werther's original butterscotch, or are they something else? I don't... Start the questions more slowly. Werther's original... Werther's? Yeah, it's a type of candy. Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't know that. Oh, okay. Because I don't think I like butterscotch. If I don't know what you're saying, were this original butterscotch? It sounds like you're trying to say, like, were there original butterscotch? Oh, uh, no. There's a company that makes these yummy candies, and the company and the candy are both called Werther's Original. I see. And I think maybe they're butterscotch, but maybe they're something else. His last question is, 
If she achieves getting her dream job, will she truly be happy? Barney says, Robin's deep-seated need for attention can be traced back to her father's emotional distance, and no amount of success will ever make up for what she truly needs, which is six simple words from her dad, Robin, I'm proud of you, eh? (laughs) So most people know that to imitate a Canadian, you might throw the word eh at the end of a lot of sentences, like, how you doing, eh? Right. So Ted's saying, oh, I guess you haven't learned anything. And he, like, grabs his bag. Sorry to have wasted your time. Starts to leave, and then <laughs> Barney pulls a... Oh, Captain, my Captain. Yeah, which is obviously a reference to Dead Poet Society. They tell you right away. Right. There's a scene in Dead Poet Society. I highly recommend everybody sees it. But there's a scene as a salute to their teacher, played by Robin Williams, and all the students in the class stand up on their desk and say, oh, Captain, my Captain. Well, actually, not all of them do. Some of them stay seated. That's like a poem reference or something? It's from... Uh, Walt Whitman. Okay. So yes, a poem reference. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. Rama goes, can I just say that my deepest need in life is not to have my father say, I am proud of you, eh? Then why are you crying right now? <laughs> then Robinson notices what time the class happens and what day, and it is now. I did like that when Robin was crying, Lily offered her some butterscotch. Mm-hmm. Ted, we got back to the class. Ted's pointing out that Robin is a textbook cover hog, as a picture of her hogging all the covers on the bed. And I would like to say we have solved this problem. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I, I did if, want to bring that up. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've brought this up on the podcast before, but we two used separate to, comforters. We used to struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so we have a king-size bed, but we actually use two queen-size comforters, or there might even yeah. be doubles. <laughs> so we have two separate comforters. We need to, I think, also start to think about a two, two top, top sheets. sheets. <laughs> Because I'm, st- I'm starting to get really frustrated with... And it's not your fault, because I know that sometimes I'll kick it off me, mm-hmm. and then, and then fall asleep, and, and then you roll over with mm-hmm. it and take the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Well, the system was really good until this whole sheet debacle. So, yes. If you are coupled up and you're fighting over blankets, two comforters, way to go. I think starting tonight, we're doing a second top sheet. Okay. We'll let you know how it goes next week, guys. At the end of the... Sorry. She, sorry, he calls her a cover ho- a cover hog, and then for some reason there's like this weird like rotating graphic, oh, like that, a like, video game from the eighties. Yeah, it, like shows up over top yeah, of the picture. That. After that, he says, "Any questions?" Robin pops in. I have one, and then you see the three of them standing there. Robin, Marshall, Lily, and Robin. Marshall's standing there looking really ashamed, <laughs> knowing that he's the one that busted them. So Ted points out flared nostrils, wide unblinking eyes. Barney tries to cut in and bring up Emperor Penguins. And did you see Ted's look? He, like, nods approvingly, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marshall tries to use the excuse that he was saying goodbye to a very dear friend today. That's why he slipped. And Robin yells, dude, it's a barrel. Ted goes, you're giving Mabel away? <laughs> right. Robin has a lot of questions. Why would you do this? What were you thinking? Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> this is a nice touch for the scene. <laughs> and so for the first Shinya. time, we get a cut to some other guy in the class sitting like kind of a, a few rows back. Who's auditing the class, which is, I'm not sure if everyone knows what that means, but essentially, you can go and sit in on classes and watch it to see if it's a class you might want to take either then or later. Oh, really? Yeah. Like any professor, will, any professor <laughs> will let you come in and do that, essentially. Usually you'll talk to them about it beforehand, but... If you're, if you're in a big enough school and the classes are 50-plus people, they're not going to even notice. Yeah, I guess that's the difference. Is, yeah, where I went to school was so small. Like, if there was a random person showing up one day, I'd be like, who the hell's that guy? I remember I had one class. It was third world politics or something of that nature. And it was a class of about 200 people, probably. And for some reason, <laughs> the professor would have me as his focal point during class. Oh, no. And it was so uncomfortable. Oh. And it was going on. So the first time I noticed it, we were about, I don't know, halfway through the class, and I noticed that he was constantly looking right no. at me. Oh, my God. And I leaned to the girl that was sitting next to me who I was kind of friends with, and I said, is, is it my imagination or is he staring at me as he lectures? <laughs> and she watched. She's like, oh, yeah, he's staring at you. <laughs> And then I had trouble keeping control of myself the rest of that class, like not laughing. Right. Because now he's just staring at me. Oh, that's so I can't remember if he did it multiple classes, but there was a couple that he definitely fixated on me. Oh, my beast. I'm just the worst. No, don't look at me when you talk. I don't know if he was aware 
Right. That he wasn't scanning the room, but instead looking at one person. Right. I'm sure he wasn't like, let's see how uncomfortable I can make random students today. All right. So, Shinya, on in the class, Ted tried to explain to him that it's, <laughs> it's not a real class, but Shinya <laughs> doesn't seem to speak English. Although he has come in handy for role play exercises. And then we get a comment from Shinya that they've made him wear a wig and it's very emasculating. But he stuck around, I mean. I'm right. Apparently shame on, shame on you. So Robin's, you know, really mad at Ted about this, too. Questioning that, you know, he has the authority, essentially, to teach a class on her. Marty defends him. <laughs> I like really kiss ass. <laughs> Robin thinks that a lot of stuff in his notebook is patently wrong. Very strong wording. Right. And he wants to know what. And she goes, let me clear something up for you. And we go back to a <laughs> flashback in bed of instead of her being... Really turned on by these knee things. It's her just kind of. Yeah, so we get yeah a different perspective of it where you know she's kind of saying the same. She's humor. Words, she's humoring him. But yeah, her face looks really confused. Like, why is he doing this? And then when he tries to move on to the right one, she's like, "That one's ticklish, I guess." <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little bit of a callback to Barney, where the first time he slept with Wanda, the the man maker. Rhonda, the Rhonda, man maker, yeah. that her saying, you, you're the best, <laughs> right. you rock my world. Right. It sounded very sincere from his retelling of it, but when she retold it, she was like, yes. oh, yeah, that. You were the best. You rocked my world. <laughs> right. And to be fair to Ted, she does kind of sell it when he moves back to the left one for some reason. <clears throat> she said she was just being nice. They just started right. dating. Yeah. Barney laughs at Ted, and Robin just turns on him. Yeah. She's really mad. She thought he was cheating on her. <laughs> she broke up in his briefcase. That's a huge violation of my privacy. She says that they can't figure out how to be with each other in a real honest way. She doesn't see the point. Well, then, sorry, you <clears throat> the, so he says that, and then she just looks at the picture of her sleeping. <laughs> right. That's and, right. And we get Barney. Go on. She storms out, and <laughs> Shinya steps in and asks Barney if it's okay if he takes a run at Robin, <laughs> right. if they're done. We cut to McLaren's. Ted approaches Robin there. And she forgives him pretty quickly here. Yeah. She's impressed with how much he remembered. He says that dating someone's like taking one long course in who that person is, and then the stuff becomes useless when you break up. So he's sort of glad to have a reason to share that information that he had. I mean, they're still friends. It's not going to waste. Right. She wants to know what he thinks of the whole Barney thing. He gives a nice little speech about how, mm-hmm. you know, he's seen a lot of versions of Barney with women, but he's never seen him work this hard to keep a woman around. And he would, he's going to give him an A in the class. Well, a B plus. Shinya kind of screwed up the curve. And then it's a funny little line. Barney's outside. Robin sees him. And he's apologizing. He takes the notebook. He throws it on Mar- Mabel. Yeah, Mabel's still out there. Hasn't been picked up yet. And he just explains that he was really afraid she was going to dump him. That's why he went and did this. Right. And so here's where you know Robin does the the head shake, the little, little smile, and tells me he's an idiot. They turn around. The notebook's gone. That had personal information about her, including addresses. Right. And Marshall yells down at them, and they both give him a thumbs turned up. <laughs> right. Yeah, Marshall wants them to go somewhere else because they're in the way of... They're, they're scaring away people from the barrel. And then we get sort of a funny last little scene of Ted teaching his normal class mm-hmm. about the Flatiron building. And they say, uh, Professor Mosby, there's a woman drinking a beer on a toilet in this picture. <laughs> Ted just rolls right with it. That was Daniel Burnham's wife. She was a troubled, troubled woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good ending. Yeah, it was funny. All right, where do you think I ranked this? Oh, wait. No, don't bother with that. It's not top 100. Oh, wow. Okay, I definitely wouldn't have guessed that. It's 104. And I explained my reasoning beforehand. Do I need to track that? Are we... Yeah, I, I no, haven't we, done that. We, yeah, the, the sheet you keep only really goes up to 100. We didn't bother. But what happens when we get into later seasons? I don't know. We'll make the call then. Okay. <laughs> we might not have that segment anymore because... Well, uh, you know, I'll, we'll print out the top... You know, 200 to 101. Yeah. It's not until the ninth season that nothing's in the top 100, though. Okay. The ninth season is the only one that doesn't have a single episode in the top 100. Wow. 
That's far, far away from now. Far, far away. Did you say what your least favorite joke is? I don't think you did. I didn't. I told mine. It, we skipped over it in the recap, but it was Barney's, I like my testicles attached to my body rather than rolling around next to some eyeliner in Robin's purse. Yeah, very standard masculinity talk mm-hmm. from him. The, the, something like this was almost said by him every episode, at least in the first few seasons. Yeah, definitely. Well... That's it for this episode. Where can folks find us? Find us at RunkleRecaps.com. Please email us, like our lovely three listeners at the top of the show, at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at RunkleRecaps or Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Next week, we have a wonderful, wonderful, amazing episode called The Sexless Innkeeper. Yes. If there is. One episode I'm really looking forward to this season. This is certainly top two or three. Yeah, this one I know has a lot of lines that we repeat fairly regularly in this house. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff from the titular storyline in this, which is Mm -hmm. Ted hooking up with a girl and then Barney and Robin condescendingly explaining that she was just using him to sleep over at his place. And then we get another storyline, the what I would call the private A storyline, which is Lily and Marshall finally getting to double date, right? And <laughs> all of their double dating faux pas and being and all really the videos, and videos. Oh, and it's so good. The songs that Marshall creates, <laughs> the cat, <laughs> right? Cat, cat, funeral, cat, funeral. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with that one. We'll miss you, Whiskers. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't actually my fault. (laughs) Well, it's time for Jen and I to go. I'm going to go figure out which one of her knees is ticklish. Ew. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Spoiler alert. It's the right one. (laughs) All right, everyone. Goodbye. Sexless (laughs) Innkeeper. See you then.